Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports on all of your platforms. I guess one of the biggest things that we have done since I last spoke to you is the website's launched. The new website's up, harponsports.com. Check it out. I got articles that are posted. I'm going to try to post articles twice a week on days that I'm not doing the podcast. So again, check it out. Be a big favor of me. Uh, Also, if you follow, share, like, subscribe, all the Harpon Sports platforms, Harp on Sports Instagram, Harp on Sports Twitter, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, uh, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, and you can check out The Bar, our podcast, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course, as I said, the new HarpOnSports.com. What do we have in store for you today? A little college football playoff punk action, Ashton Kutcher style. He gotcha. They gotcha. I don't lose any sleep. Don't get worked up about any of this, especially the first few, because none of them ever stay the same, and they're going to change constantly. It's a source of drama. You can fall for it if you want to, like professional wrestling. Also, how about this? I've always talked about, you know, loyalty is one of those things that people want strong people to be. People want stars to be loyal. I think loyalty is for losers. Not all the time. But losers in losing franchises love loyalty. More so than anybody else. Losing franchises love loyalty. I'm going to look at that. And also... Carousel cruise control for uh, college football coaching searches right now, right? uh, We know LSU's open. We know Southern Cal's open and there's going to be more jobs that open up as well. And I can tell you where guys should go as of right now. So we're going to stop that carousel for you coming up here, but let's start off first with the college football playoff. None of this should surprise anybody. None of it should well, this is just a bias towards the SEC. I guess the SEC can't say they're getting hosed because they've got number one and number two. The Big Ten's got number three and number five, right? I guess the Pac-12's got number four. The one conference that can sit there right now and say this sucks is the Big 12. But well, if Oklahoma goes undefeated, they're not going to make the playoff. Come on. And one and two are going to eventually play each other if all goes to Hoyle. And three and five play each other this weekend. Everybody gets worked up about this thing. Wasn't the first one that had Alabama and Mississippi State one and four? And then they played each other right away. It's like, this poll's ridiculous. Guys, they're going to play each other. This isn't like the 80s where you come out with the top 25. It's like, uh uh-oh, uh-oh. These teams aren't playing each other. Everybody's playing each other up here. What did I count? In the top 10? In the top 10 alone, we've got four potential matchups against each other. Four or five. You want to panic? Go ahead. To me, what this is, the college football playoff, the the first two or three, is the equivalent of professional wrestling. They're getting you, they're setting you up, and you're falling for it. Oh, he's cheating. Look at him. He's got the chair behind his back. You're falling for it. You are. Now, Now, what happens if, oh my gosh, it's the same year. It's a broken record. We do this every single year. Every single year we do this. What happens if this? What happens if this? Well, what are they going to do if that? Find me a scenario and I'll show you exactly what they're going to do. What happens if Cincinnati, Wake Forest, Oklahoma, and, and Georgia all go undefeated? There you go. There's your four. What happens if Ohio State, oh my, you come up with all these scenarios and none of them ever pan out. I've said it time and time again. You want this thing to get busted. It's like you wanted the BCS to get busted. Everybody wants chaos. Wants chaos. I want chaos. I want chaos. It never happens. Everybody wants chaos. Then 
Nobody watches it. The most exciting college football season ever happened when I was in Huntsville, Alabama in 2007. And at one point, what'd you have? West Virginia number two and USF number one. This sucks. Yeah. Then they ended up getting beat. We had two loss LSU beat one loss Ohio State in the championship game. Everybody loves chaos. Everybody loves chaos in March Madness. Then you don't watch it. You don't watch it. 15 seeds knock off a two. 14 knocks off a three. Then the ratings for that 14 seed the next round are... Brian, no one's beating George anyway. You're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Give it up like 50 points this year. By the way, Brian, at the beginning of the year, just going to say this. Georgia was my national champion. I hadn't beaten Clemson, so I was wrong about that. I had Georgia. What did I have? Georgia beating Oklahoma and Alabama beating Clemson. I still might get Georgia-Oklahoma right. Not going to get Clemson right. I had Alabama beating Georgia in the SEC championship game. I can still get three of the four right, right? Still can. I don't think I'm going to get Clemson, though. And going into the year, they were probably the biggest lock, right, with how bad that conference is. There's a couple of things that I look at this. And, you know, Alabama, Georgia, the the scenario of Alabama beats Georgia, then you're going to get two SEC teams just the way it is. Michigan State plays Ohio State this weekend. There goes one. There goes one. Boom, boom. What's your other scenario? Well, look, I mean, Michigan, Ohio State have to play each other. Ohio State and Michigan State have to play each other. There's round robin there. Two of those teams are coming down. The one team, I guess, out there that you look around and go, what happens if, is Oregon, because they don't play anybody the rest of the year. They really don't. And they've got a win in their pocket over Ohio State. Oregon probably has the best win in the country, don't they? At Ohio State. So I I go through and look at this, and, you know, Oklahoma behind Michigan, and and people are upset. Well, Michigan, (laughs) look, Michigan's going to play Ohio State, right? Well, that's going to drop one of them below them. Michigan State plays Ohio State this weekend. So that's going to drop another one below them. So now Oklahoma's up to six. Alabama's got to play Georgia. You guys, if, oh my, what are we going to, you're going to wait. You're going, just wait, wait, but we can't do that. It's like watching election results. Oh my gosh. Look, he's got a 30 point lead. Yeah. With 13 precincts. Just wait, wait. The college football playoff committee here in these polls are like stitches. She had some score. Oh, there you go. Scar right there. Stitches. You get a cut. They stitch it up. It's like, oh, my looks terrible. Give it some time. It's going to heal. It's going to heal. Chill out. What do I think is going to happen? By the looks of it, from what I've seen, I think Georgia's going to beat Alabama. I think Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten. I think Cincinnati's going to go undefeated. I think Oklahoma's going to get beat. All these things are going to happen. That's why anybody lays out their scenarios. Now, what happens if it never happens? If you have to get to two ifs, and this is my rule, I'll give you one if, but if you get to two or three ifs, now what happens if, okay, give me one, Alabama beats Georgia. Well, then you get two SEC teams. Now, what also if, okay, I give you one more, what's it going to be? Ohio State beats Michigan State, and then Michigan beats Ohio State. All right, I'm out. I'm out. That's too many. None of that ever happens. None of it ever happens. Ever. Ever. So you can fall for it if you want. I'm not. They're hooking you, and they hook you every year. They hook you every year. Because after this weekend, Michigan State or Ohio State, they're falling behind Cincinnati. One of them is. So Cincinnati's going to move up to five. Cincinnati at six. I know people are upset. Why? They beat Notre Dame. That's their only win over a ranked team. Notre Dame sitting down there at 10. I think Wake Forest at nine is interesting just because they're ahead of Notre Dame. 
They're going to have a conference championship game. And the undefeated Wake will be in over Notre Dame. Just let you know a little bit about where they are. Oklahoma gets beat. Wake up, wakes up to eight. This is where the, the Oklahoma and Wake being down there. But again, it changes. Anybody that sits here and says, now what, they'll, now what happens if they're going to move teams all over the place? Look at this. Don't be surprised at all if Ohio State beats Michigan State and Ohio State jumps up to three where Michigan State is and Ohio State jumps Oregon. There's so much, that, but Oregon beat them. So what? You guys get all worked up about all this stuff, and it's the first one. When's the last time the very first college football playoff poll was the same two weeks later? Okay, go for it. Yep. So there you go. Let's see what else I got here. That's at least for the college football playoff. I'm going to get to the college football coaching carousel and how it swirls. And we're going to put the pause button. Actually, we're going to throw the college coaching search into cruise control because... At this point in time, I think it's pretty much, not I don't want to say set in stone, but it's logical what each team should do in the cascading effect. But I want to get to a little bit of loyalties are for losers. Losers love loyalty. The Padres made the playoffs, what, twice when Tony Gwynn was there? Oh, we love that he's loyal. How good it did him. What Cal Ripken Jr. do, make the postseason they, he went to the World Series and won it his first year. Right, made the postseason what three times after that. We love his loyalty. Loyalties for losers. Losers love it. Winners don't care about loyalty. The Yankees are going to come get your best player. The Red Sox are going to come get your best player. And all I got to do is point to Matt Stafford and the Lions with this one. Barry Sta- Barry Sanders, extremely loyal to the Lions. What did it get him? Depression and out of the game early. Calvin Johnson, extremely loyal to the Lions. What did it get him? If, it, look, think about Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford. If you'd have put those two in Indianapolis with Tony Dungy, or if you put them somewhere with an organization that kind of had an idea what they're doing, Calvin Johnson was loyal to the Lions. Didn't get him anything. Matt Stafford looked around in his early 30s and said, yeah, I can retire here as a member of the Lions. I can be... To three or four playoff appearances in my career. I'll be loved here in Detroit, maybe, sometimes, possibly, perhaps. But everybody's going to look around at me and say, hmm, just couldn't get it done. Or I can say, enough of this, and I can go win somewhere. Your loyalty should be to winning. Your loyalty should be to success. That's why everybody always talks about, well, Andrew, Andrew Luck would come out in the Colts. He'd get sacked five times and say, I need to do a better job of getting rid of the ball. It's like, oh, my gosh. That's okay to say that stuff publicly, but privately you go in there and say, hey, look, you don't start drafting offensive linemen and don't start protecting me. I am going to demand a trade publicly, and I'm going to humiliate you in the process. You need to protect me. I'm not going to die out here. And his career is over because he tucked the company line. Matt Stafford looked around and said, I am not going to be Andrew Luck. I want out. Let's move. Let's let's." And he goes out to LA and does what? He's the MVP right now. Matt Stafford's going to have like 5,000 yards pass. He's going to have like 50 touchdown passes. He's going to win the MVP. The Rams are going to win the Super Bowl for crying out loud. They got the best defensive back in the game in Jalen Ramsey. They got Vaughn Miller, who's still one of the top five linebackers in the game and rush in, depending on how you want to look at him. And then Aaron Donald. It's, I don't know how anybody's going to beat the Rams. I don't. Well, anybody's going to beat the Rams. Why? Because Matt Stafford said, I've had, I'm not going to do this. I wrote down some guys that should, Andrew Luck, it cost him his career. Calvin Johnson, career cut short. Calvin Johnson, career cut short. Barry Sanders, frustrated, said, I'm, I'm done. 
I'm done. You get stuck in these places where all you do is lose. You're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Guys that should bail. Mike Trout, get out. The Angels have made the playoffs, when's the last time, five years ago? All that dude does, this year he was hurt, but all that dude does is hit 45 home runs, driving a buck 30 every year, hit 330, and they never make the postseason. Well, he needs to do more. What, do you want him to hit 500? If I were him, I'd go and say, I'm, do- I'm done. You trade me. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm not going to be on this losing franchise the whole time. There's nothing admirable about sticking around with a loser your whole career. Who loves you? The losers of that franchise. Carson Palmer at least figured it out in Cincinnati, and this is one of the other guys at least that figured it out at the end. Carson Palmer looked around and said, this sucks. I don't want to be here anymore. Trade me. I'm going to sit out. I'm not even going to play. Everybody, oh, the Bengals fans hate him. What did he do? He went out to Arizona and came within a sneeze of the Super Bowl. He went to Arizona and went to the NFC Championship game. Came that close. I mentioned Mike Trout. I, I got another guy that stayed in one place, put a team on his back, took him almost to the promised land. They got to the NBA finals. That was Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson took a beating. He was a one man band in, in Philly. What did it get him? It got him one trip to the NBA finals. He's such a warrior. <laughs> so what? At least LeBron looked around and said, look, I'm not, I'm not going to do this here. I need help. Jordan did it by himself. No, he didn't. Jordan had a hall of famer and Scottie Pippen and he had another hall of famer and Dennis Rodman. Quit saying Jordan did it by himself. It's ridiculous. In the pre-salary cap era NBA, when they could pay as much as they wanted to. Didn't do it by himself. So, <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. Oh, uh, Zion, get out. Allen Iverson, get out. John Morant, get out. Susan, get out, get out. Losers of losing franchises love loyalty. Because you're their only shining star. They want you to stay forever. You need to be loyal. What happened to loyalty nowadays? Andrew Luck, loyalty, cut short his career. Calvin Johnson. Barry Sanders, almost did it to Matt Stafford. Carson Palmer was smart enough to get out of Cincinnati. He'd be loyal for I want out. Jalen Ramsey looked around at the Jaguars and said, I don't want any part of it. Get me out of here. I'll be part of this cesspool. Get me out. How's it a bad thing? Okay. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other examples that I can think of over the years. Guys that stuck around, stayed for the same team way too long. Robin Yount with the Blue Jays didn't do him any good. If you're a star, I look around and go, I don't want to. No. No. Why do I want to be here? I want to go to a place where I can actually have some success. Especially in basketball. Basketball is the big one, but baseball is the same thing. That's why if Max Scherzer were smart, he'd stay out in L.A. and play for the Dodgers for the next three or four years. You know, win 15, 16, 17 games a year. I've shot at the World Series every year. Or he can go sign where? White Sox? Cubs? Maybe make the playoffs? Uh, I wanted to wrap with this. Uh, the coaching carousel, college football, it's not going to go this way. But there are logical fits. Oh, Brian Fennell, Dale Murphy, great example. Great example. Dale Murphy sat there. Brian, that's fantastic. Dale Murphy sat there in Atlanta, and they were awful. Every year they were 69-93. and 93. They were terrible. And he just sat around and sat around. And in the 80s, they were bad. Those Braves teams were bad. They have like Bob Horner and Ozzie Virgil and those guys. And he never like, oh, well, he's a true professional, true professional, true professional. If Dale Murphy played for the Tigers, if Dale Murphy played for the Twins in the 80s, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Be a Hall of Famer. Um, college football coaching carousel. This is what should happen. This is what should happen. These are the logical fits. James Franklin out to USC. If they still want him, there you go. It seems like they still want him. They don't care about his record this year, which is fine. Hire away. Hire away. James Franklin to USC. 
I understand everybody loves Lane Kiffin at Southern or, or at LSU, but if I were LSU, I hire Mel Tucker away from Michigan State. Now, the thing that the Big Ten has that LSU doesn't, this is just true, the Big Ten has deeper pockets. Michigan State has deeper pockets than the, than the LSU Tigers. They do. What are the Big Ten contracts per year? $58 million? What are the SEC? 41 Each Big Ten school has about $16 million more per year. So if Michigan State were smart, they'd sit Mel Tucker down and go, okay, we'll pay you $8 million a year, $9 million a year. LSU, you're going to have to pay him 8 or $9 million a year to get him away from Michigan State. So, or Dabo, Dabo. Dabo's not going to LSU. Why? Why would why I go to LSU so I could lose Nick Saban all the time? I have to compete and recruit against Texas and Oklahoma, or I could just stay at Clemson and, and no, he's not Dabo's not going to LSU. LSU got to pay him $13 million a year. He's making $10 million a year at Clemson. Um, Mel Tucker, LSU. That's who they should hire. Mel Tucker, LSU. Uh, if And if that happens, Michigan State, you go hire Pat Narduzzi from Pitt. Pat Narduzzi is probably going to get pit in the ACC title game. He's former Michigan State defensive coordinator. who's there for a decade. You should go hire him. So Michigan State should go get Pat Narduzzi from Pitt if Mel Tucker goes to LSU. Okay? Um, James Franklin, if he goes to Southern Cal, Penn State, Penn State probably will hire Luke Fickle away from Cincinnati. That's probably what will happen. If Luke Fickle says, no, I'm happy at Cincinnati, then Penn State needs to go hire Dave Clawson from Wake Forest. He's a Midwest guy. He coached at Ohio State, or he coached in Ohio, right? He coached in Ohio, and he coached in Bowling Green, so he can recruit Ohio. If you're the head coach of Penn State, you kind of recruit Penn, Pennsylvania by yourself. And I know Pitt's in there, too, but you kind of you own that state. Temple's not doing anything on the east side. So then you just slide in. You just got to pick some guys away from Ohio State. So Penn State, Luke Fickle, you get to know there. Dave Clawson, more than likely. Now, what I would do if I were Penn State and James Franklin leaves, I'd go hire Lane Kiffin. That's what I would do but I think they'd go Fickle or they'd go Clawson. And then what does Cincinnati do? What does Wake do? I'm not going down that. I'm not, no, it's too far down there. But LSU should hire Mel Tucker. Michigan State then should turn around and hire Pat Narduzzi, their former defensive coordinator, who's at Pitt. Franklin goes to USC, then Penn State, hire Fickle. If he says no, I hire Kiffin, but then, then they'll go to Clawson. That's what should happen. Harbaugh get fired, Ryan. Uh, no, he's going to go 10-2, and two, and his two losses are going to be to the number Michigan State, if they lose to Ohio State this year weekend, they'll probably be their only loss. So Harbaugh's going to go ten and two, and his losses are going to be to the number three and number five team in the country. No, he's not getting fired. No, he eventually has to beat Ohio State. He does. He eventually has to beat them. He does. But if Jim Harbaugh, after a losing record last year, goes ten and two this year and ends up in a New Year's Six bowl game, which at that point he would end up winning the Fiesta. Let's say he ends up playing a Texas A&M in the Fiesta and beats him. He eventually has to beat him. The problem with Harbaugh this year is two losses going to be due to our rivals. So no, if he if he had gone seven and five maybe, but I don't think so. Harbaugh's another Dan Mullen. No Harbaugh. I, uh, I want to say Harbaugh actually wins some big games, but I don't know if that's true. But their their early career arcs are very. Similar. You bet. You bet. Oh, Danny boy. Different podcast for a different time. Uh, again, I'm going <laughs> to swing back around. Again, follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports on all our platforms if you haven't done it yet. The new website, HarpOnSports.com. Check it out. Tell me what you like, what you don't like. We're going to feature articles on days we don't do podcasts. During football season, I do podcasts Tuesdays and Fridays, Friday nights. Tuesday and Fridays. I try to get articles up on Wednesday and over the weekend. That's what I try to do. So there you go. 
Follow, share, like, subscribe on all those platforms. Uh, Harp on Sports, The Bar, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, and uh, well, there you go. Spotify. <laughs> well, I did read an article today that said you get a better night's sleep if you sleep naked. Probably don't know that I did this entire, uh, entire podcast uh, nude from the waist down. So that's not true. Look, I TV and red shorts on, so. There you go. Now heard George's big one over Florida. How about that? Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein. Have fun with your friends. <laughs>